Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Peace and good. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. This is your host, Father Peter Teresa McConnell. But ladies and gentlemen, it is a special day here at the Friary and here at the podcast. We are welcoming back the one, the only, the the pilgrim himself, Father Anthony Tinker. Oh, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So welcome, welcome back to the you know, podcast. Hilarious. I was listening to the podcast. I haven't, I haven't caught entirely yet, but I was listening to it oh, on boy. my train rides oh, and, and airport stays. So all Brother Paul shout outs. Yes, I heard them all. <laughs> you guys were working. That's appreciated. Yes, but we were funny, working. The funny thing is that I... Uh, I heard the uh, basically Dan's put puts the little like yeah yes, after yes, so yes. you're like this is Father Peter Trees and all I can hear in the back of my mind is yay and here's Father Anton you're the yay <laughs> you can so, hear the post production yeah, happening in the moment uh, in, in that very moment so there is applause happening <laughs> we're happy to have you back it we miss so we miss our brothers back. yes it's a it's a sad day. In that, you know, Brother Paul and Brother Elijah are on and off to, uh, I guess, off to seminary on yeah. for their studies. Yeah. And so we certainly miss them down here in Phoenix. We do. Very but, dearly. Yeah, they did a great job. And God willing, they are one year away from ordination to the priesthood for Brother Elijah. Yes. And one year away from ordination to the diaconate for Brother Paul. Praise God. So uh, life is happening fast. And it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's though we miss serious. them here, we know that this is where God's called them. Life is happening fast as an understatement. It literally feels like you, we were just like getting ready for you to leave. And this summer came and went. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where it went. I know exactly where it went. It went 500 miles. <laughs> yes. The northern, it northern did. parts of Spain. A beautiful segue, if I do say so myself. That's what I'm here for. That's why you're the master. Those <laughs> other two guys, you know, they're not, they're, they just, they're not you. They're not you. As much as we miss them. But this is what we want to talk about today, Father. We, I want to hear all about it. The people of God want to hear all about it. We want to hear about uh, your sabbatical because we've been praying for you. We've been eagerly awaiting your return. Uh, so many people have been following you online and, and praying for you that way. And so we're going to take the next two episodes to debrief. This is like an exit interview, except it won't be nearly as intense. And you're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're back. So this one, we want to talk about your experience on the Camino. And then uh, next week, we'll talk about you did like a silent retreat, a quiet retreat in Assisi and just some of the other sites that you saw. So it's a little preview of coming attractions for what's coming down the pike. But, but let's just jump into it. Yeah, you, that's a great idea. You, you did the Camino. I did the Camino de Santiago. So as we were talking about before I left, the Camino is this ancient pilgrimage, uh, almost 500 miles in which you're walking from France. You can do different pilgrimages. The one I did was the Camino Francaise, where you're walking from Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port, is mm. uh, the city on the oui, oui, other bonjour. side of, of the Pyrenees. And you walk over the Pyrenees and through Spain, through all these different regions and in parts of Spain, over to Santiago to go and visit the body of St. James. Mm. And this was the busiest summer in Camino history. As long oh, because as the world youth they've day. been recording. I, I don't know. I, w- I was like pre-World Youth Day. That's I, true. So I was not with the pilgrims. I did that intentionally. But even so, I think post-COVID, yeah. just, you know, it's becoming more and more popular. Mm-hmm. So I met a lot of people from England and some celebrities did it. And they did one of those like celebrity TV shows. 
No way. It was also a TV show, like a legit TV show in South Korea. Okay. And it's a very popular vacation spot for Europeans and even Australians and obviously Americans. Yes. And then, so it's not all playgrounds. <laughs> okay. So, so, so people are like vacationing. People are vacationing and people are searching, mm -hmm. but it is an interesting mix of people. I'll just start there. As yeah. Jump yeah, yeah. into this. Like, who do you meet on the Camino? That's right. a big question. You meet anyone and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Most, I would say the largest majority of people are in transition. That I'm hmm. They're in some kind of transition. They just uh, retired. They just lost their job. They just hmm. went through a divorce. They just graduated. There's some kind of transition they're going through in life. And they're hiking the Camino as an opportunity to kind of stop and think, get quiet, hmm. uh, and encounter God. You know, I would say they're, they would say some of them, some kind of higher right. power, some kind of the universe, whatever they oh, sure, yeah. respond to that. And so a majority of people are just searching, which makes for awesome conversations, mm -hmm. especially as a priest. I was there in habit. And I was, I was this, I guess, legend in my, the group. So you, you kind of end up walking with the same people all the yeah, time. So you yeah, all start yeah. around the same time and at the same time. And I've, I met people throughout, like even four weeks in, they'd be like, I've heard all about you. <laughs> And you minister to the natives. I'm just, thank you so much for what you do. Because you were the guy in the robe. Because I was the guy in the robe that everybody had seen. Yes. You know, before or behind or along the past. Even I hadn't talked to them. I, you know, it was, it was nice. So it opened up a lot of doors. Yeah. So what was that experience of like, of, of people coming up to you and being like, I've heard all about you from other pilgrims. What was that like? Strange. Yeah. In a lot of ways. It's kind of one of those, I went like 12 different thoughts all came to my, my head because it happened a few times. One yeah. was like, man, I'm just on sabbatical. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just trying not to be like known. Yeah. Um, another part is like, you know, you don't know me. <laughs> yeah, sure. But another part's like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I'm glad, you know, yeah. that this habit is being witnessed. So there's a part of it's kind of like, uh, but the bigger part of me, the larger part of me was like, wow, this is a real witness. Like that habit speaks volumes. Yes. And the opportunity to be a Franciscan, to be a pilgrim and to witness to what St. Francis himself did and talk about, because a lot of people come up and it's like, is that a costume? Yeah. You know, they see the gray hat, but they don't know yeah. what it is. And so I was actually happy that other people- Are you LARPing on the community? Yeah. Other people were, were spreading the word for me. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I had to meet each other in person. Like, no, I'm not in a costume. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not playing a medieval, a medieval part. Yeah, yeah, this I is actually a, am a Francis. This is a Renaissance fair. And, and that helped. So knowing that other people were also spreading that, so people understood who I was and what I was doing, it just spread the importance of- this Catholic pilgrim. I met a few Jews along the way as oh, well. Interesting. And one of the ladies is like, I, I kind of feel like I don't know. It's very Catholic pilgrimage. I feel a little out of place. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I was like, the pilgrimage is pilgrimage, you know. God. Like, hey, James was a Jew. Yeah, James was a Jew. <laughs> well, not when he was walking. Uh, not this when he was is in true, Spain. but he was. Well, he was Jewish ethnically. Jewish ethnically, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you meet a lot of, and then the other portion of people mm -hmm. is vacationers. I would say mostly Aust that's fascinating Australians, but. A few Americans and then a few Europeans. The Europeans will take a week. So mm -hmm. you meet them along the way, like, oh, we're just doing a week here, a week there. But as far as doing the whole thing, uh, yeah, mostly Australia and then Americans, some from other places. But just doing this, I'm just here for vacation. I enjoy, I met this, you know, some couples who they were enjoying the kind of hiking, enjoying different yeah. foods, enjoying uh, meeting different people. And so it becomes a very interesting vacation spot. It's also, a very safe thing for single women to do. 
There's, there's police, not all the way, but there's police along yeah. the way. The pilgrims kind of take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And so I would talk to one late girl and she's like, yeah, I was looking for things to do for vacation. And this is one of the safest thing a young woman can do. Wow. I was like, wow, that's kind of fascinating. It's really beautiful. So, and then of course the third part would be those who are on pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately far too few. Yeah. But we were there, well, you know, people who were hiking for a specific purpose. I met mm-hmm. a couple of Spaniards who their friend had cancer and they're walking on her behalf wow. for her healing. Uh, I met people who were truly going on pilgrimage. Like they heard about this. They heard about, they were doing it for the Catholic purpose. They were going, hmm. you know, praying their rosary throughout. I'm actually met a niece of one of the Franciscan sisters of Christian charity. Oh, so, so cool. Yeah. She, her, her, her aunt had passed away, but she yeah. remembered this, the community that works with us yes. here on the reservation. And she's like, oh, I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm a, aunt's a nun. And I figured out like, oh, I know your community. <laughs> and so there's people just walking for the sake of pilgrimage, which was also a huge blessing. Yeah. Are there any encounters that have really just kind of stayed in your mind, stayed in your heart, stayed in your soul that you have kind of reflected on? You know, there was maybe like the Lord was speaking maybe a little more clearly or loudly in, in, in some conversations and some encounters than others that, that come immediately to mind. Just top of my head. Yeah. And I want to encourage, I don't know if we said this, I, my blog is up from the, yeah, I want to, so I want to get, get that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Go to becomefire.faith. Yeah. Father Anthony's journal. I was reading it on retreat. Ton of typos. I'm sorry. I did it on my phone. <laughs> like I'm like, I like want to go back and just like edit the things like, Oh man, there's a ton of typos here. But that being said, you can hear about a lot of these encounters. Yes. But the, the one, the first one that comes to mind is there was this German girl mm. who raised Catholic, but her dad had left the faith. And her mom had become like a new age Catholic. She still called herself Catholic, but was into Reiki and some new age stuff. Wow. And this girl, she said, I haven't met any priests who I think actually believe. Wow. And which made me really sad. I didn't know what's going on in German church and everything else. Mm -hmm. And, and she was just looking, it's like, she wanted to be Catholic. She's like, I'm walking the Camino. Like my dad came with me. Like I'm doing this to, because I'm struggling in my faith. Like mm-hmm. I want to be Catholic, but I don't, haven't met Catholic. So I think you're Catholic. And so to talk to her and just walk with her, actually walked with her a couple of times on the Camino and just try to be a witness. I wasn't anything forcing down to throw anything else, yeah. just answer to questions, which present and try to be a priest to, you know, a priest who believed right. in the Eucharist and the power of the priesthood in right. the church and just present to her in her midst of her journey was really a powerful and beautiful encounter. That's incredible. Um, now definitely, now she's in my heart. Now she's in my mind and I will be praying for her as well. Uh, so just take us through like, what was a pretty normal day for you on the Camino? Like what was like rise time? Yeah. What kind of mileage were you covering? So an average day is getting up between six and seven Okay. in the morning. I would have mass. So the churches are not open in the morning. They're open in the evening. Okay. And you can typically go to an evening mass. Um, and I went to those occasionally, but more often for two reasons. One is you go to mass at seven or eight o'clock <laughs> at night after walking all day. And one, the mass itself was hard, but two, you know, I'm ready for bed. And yes. you haven't eaten because restaurants aren't open before that. Yeah. Restaurants are open until seven o'clock. So okay. if you need food, you have to go to mass and then go to eat. And it's not like you can go eat and it takes, you know, 20 minutes. There's no McDonald's. Yeah. You're, you're talking about an hour or two meals. So oftentimes it was like, ah, I would go and sometimes pray, but it was, it was way too late to actually attend those prayers. So I, and I just like praying in the morning, Mm -hmm. starting my day with the mass. So I get up, I'd have, I'd be staying in uh, what's called a hostel typically, which was a, a single room that didn't have a bathroom. 
but it was mm-hmm. a shared bathroom. So it'd be a number of singles or doubles or whatever, and we'd all share a bathroom, which was inexpensive. Uh, and so I'd stay there. I'd just have mass there. I'd pray. And then I'd start walking. And typically the first couple of hours were pretty much in silence. I'd pray through the the whole rosary um, and, you know, the, the, all the 20 decades of it. I would uh, sometimes listen to, you know, prayer, listen to scriptures, mm. uh, depending on how early I got started, how late I was getting started. I sometimes would, instead of you know, praying the office and the morning prayer, I'd listen to the office often, instead of listening to the office and morning prayer, pray that way. And you're passing some people and some people are passing you, but in general, I was not walking with people too much first thing in the morning. It did happen yeah. on a typical day. The first couple hours, I was just in quiet by myself. Oh, that's nice. And then I would start meeting people who walk in the same pace because typically either I'm passing or they're passing in the first thing in the morning. But then you take a break, other people take a break, or you're kind of ready to talk. So you slow down or they slow down. And then I would spend an hour here, hour there just talking to people. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if I'm walking from, you know, eight to 10 or so for the first two hours, and then I would spend the next couple of hours usually having two or three conversations with people. I would then I would usually have gotten groceries the day before. And I would stop around noon, eat some, eat, just stop for a brief lunch, just kind of mm-hmm. sit on the park bench, maybe talk to somebody if there's around, if not, just kind of enjoy the quiet and then do it again in the afternoon. And typically again, afternoon, more talkative, more people who's getting started. Yeah. Some people just start later, you know, yeah, sure. some people start earlier, some people start super early, but some people start you know, super late. And so you just encountering, yeah. walking through different villages, people stay at different places too. Sure. Where, where your start point is, where their start point hmm. is. And so from you know, from 1230 or so to about two o'clock, continue that times of quiet praying, my chaplet, you know, yeah. the rosary, uh, intent for intentions and times of encountering meeting people, having conversations. And then I get into whatever staying around two o'clock, depending on the day. And I would go and check. And then I book before I would have found a place to stay yeah. on booking. And then I would go, I check in. I would typically take a shower, wash my clothes. Hmm. Um, sometimes the habit I'd wash every few days, uh, obviously the undershirt underwear I wash every day, yeah. hang them up on a clothesline socks. And then I'd go to the uh, grocery store and give myself supplies for the next day. Mm-hmm. I'd go back and uh, pray and blog. So it took about an hour to sit there and do that blog. Oh, that's awesome. And, and then that's, now we're talking, it's evening time. Yeah. And I'm looking to an evening prayer headed to, if I can find a church, I'd go to a church and pray for a little bit. Sometimes they have everything mass I'd sit through. I then go grab dinner. Uh, nice thing, these pilgrim meals, which is basically 10 bucks for oh, a cool. three course meal. Yeah. Get an appetizer, get a, get a food and get dessert. And you can, you can eat a lot of calories. <laughs> it's really cheap. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's, and you meet a lot of pilgrims. That's also yeah. you're sitting down with pilgrims. You're talking to them, hearing their story, yeah. et cetera. I'd head back. I do, that's when I do some spiritual reading mm. in the evening. So I do some spiritual reading um, on my, my phone. It's kind of, I didn't, I wasn't carrying much, you know, so I just, right. I have everything on my back, yeah. like my backpack, which was a 24 liters, which is a pretty small backpack. Yeah, that is. Uh, all things considered everything, you know, my mask kit, my alb, my, mm-hmm. my t-shirts, my underwear, my, my socks, um, my, what else I have? A poncho, a little, a rain jacket. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I mean, the only, the only convenience I had was I had a little Rubik's cube. <laughs> not convenience, but like thing that was kind of like unnecessary. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, and I would just sit there. My that is great. So be, well, every night I kind of learned how to solve the yeah. next cube. And then uh, I'd go to bed, sleep, yeah. get up and do it again. So how many miles would you average in a day? 15 to 20. 15 to 20. So about six to eight hours of walking a day. And then in total, it's 500? Yeah, just under 500 miles. So it's about, I was looking up today, 
So I thought it was like walking to LA. Yeah. But it actually, it's like walking to Santa Fe. Yeah. Which is actually further. I mean, I know if you know geography, but for, it's like if you know from, from Phoenix, Phoenix, from Phoenix to walking Santa to Santa Fe. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So it's even longer than LA. Than like LA, you yeah. walked past. I walked past. I walked right around from Phoenix. From yeah, Phoenix. that's right. That's awesome. That's pretty amazing. So at some point in your journeys you were joined by your family yes uh so who who joined you and when did they join you and, and how did that then change your the routine definitely changed at that your, point your your uh communal experience so two weeks in my brother james and sister-in-law isabel came and joined me which was a huge huge blessing. shout out to james and isabel yes a huge boon to kind of you know you're kind of after two weeks here so between like day three and day 12 the pain in, in my feet was incredible. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have any. I didn't have any blisters. Praise God for that. Yeah, that's that's. A, that's a I wear minimalist shoes, mm -hmm. which are I, I have found for me personally much better for my knees, my ankles. Yeah. My so, back. what was your footwear? Did you go barefoot? You wear your sandals, your zeros. People <laughs> want to know what yeah, your footwear. Tennis was. shoes. So I wear zero is the brand. It's X E R O. Uh, tennis shoes are trail runners, and I had and then I wear two pairs of socks. I had a liner pair okay, of socks, yeah, like toe yeah. socks. And then I had like a, a smart wool sock. Yeah, the, the liners help with blisters for sure. Yeah, so I would wear a nice thing, a blisterless. And that was, so I was wearing that for shoes. And then I had, you know, uh, my, I, we, I'm wearing underwear t shirts. People are surprised by that, maybe. <laughs> and, and a pair of like cargo shorts. I had like cargo shorts, yes, uh, yes. a t shirt, and, and then those two pair of socks and those tennis shoes. And then hats. I, I, wore, I had about three hats. Okay. I had a, just a regular baseball cap, but then I had mostly was wearing a full brim hat. Yeah. But then some mornings were cold. So I actually had a, a beanie yeah. for getting to the periods, et cetera, for, for those cold mornings, which well, July was so hot. It's kind of, I was like shocked. I had this beanie. I'm like another thing, like in July, like I don't need this beanie at all. Yeah. That's hilarious. But uh, my brother uh, came in after two weeks. Mm -hmm. So again, between three and 10 years, like it hurt, like every step was hmm. a step, like I was stepping on, on nails. Like it was painful. Wow. And not so much that you can't go on, but enough that you think you're thinking about, about it. every time you step. <laughs> uh, so it was a lot of offering for those people those days, amen, mostly amen. friars. And yeah, then, we need it. And then my brother, so it was a big boon to the, to the spirit. Yeah. I came in, and uh, two things happened. One, I had sped up to get, not sped up, but I'd, I'd pushed it a little harder hmm. went a number of miles, like further than I needed to, to, to get so that they, we could start and go slow a few days. Yeah. So when they came in, we were actually only doing like 10 miles okay. a day. Uh, so not much for those first few days. And they're like, this is so easy. <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh, you wait and see. You wait and see. And I'm and they they experienced the pain eventually, which I'm, I'm, I, I hate. And like one part of me is like, I'm really sad. They experienced pain. The other part of me is like, okay, good. You understand. Like, That's part of the pilgrimage. What I went through. It's kind of the pilgrim experience. You got to have it. Exactly. And so... Yeah, our, the, the routine changed in that one, we had mass together. Yeah. Uh, but two, one, because we're going so short, we were done at like noon. So okay. we typically go out to eat yeah. for lunch as well. And again, do the pilgrim menu, oftentimes you get the three course meal. It's not an expensive thing, but instead of doing the grocery store thing, we were getting in and having that, that lunch. Yeah. And then they want to do a lot more exploring hmm. than I did. Uh, well, I mean, my feet were finally covered in a place like yes. when your feet are in pain, like when you get to your room, there's not a lot of like you're hitting the things you need to yes. do, but not only a bare necessities. And they're, they're like, let's go exploring, which I did like the very beginning. I was happy to do yeah. but, And uh, there's a time frame when I just did wish want to sit. So we did a little bit more like searching around the villages we were in mm -hmm. and meeting people. And of course, there are more people, you meet more people on the road. Yeah. So we weren't always walking together. Uh, in fact, we just kind of. Sometimes we didn't even start together. Interesting. Like they would okay. get up earlier and go. Okay. Uh, they like my sister-in-law wanted to get up before the sun. 
mm. and get moving and grooving. She liked to stop a lot more and rest for longer. Yeah. I'm a brief stop. I was like, stop, use the restroom, keep going. Like yeah. I just kind of kept walking. I don't yeah. walk fast, but, but I just this- keep walking. My sister-in-law walks much faster than I do. But she likes to stop and break yeah. longer. So we'd she typically would end before me, but she'd definitely start much further before me and still yeah. kind of catch up during the day. Yeah. Now, of course, we just met more people. So then you're seeing people in these villages yeah. and you know, encountering. So that just caused more conversations. And uh and we just, you know, we'd hang out in the afternoons, just catch up. Mm-hmm. And then the last week, my two other brothers, uh, John and Jeff. And just to John say, and Jeff. it is I want to give them all credit because it's not easy to find me in a small village in Spain. <laughs> Like each of them, like the delight they felt actually meeting, like yeah. encountering, because it was just such of a trial yeah. to like get, and they all had travel troubles and trying to figure out where to go and yeah. how to get there. Cause it's not like, oh, it's a, this isn't like Phoenix and Tucson. Like mm-hmm. you just grab a plane there. This is like, try to, you know, try to get yourself to some, you know, obscure little, obscure little village mm-hmm. in like the middle of Arizona. Uh, it's not as easy as, uh, as, as ABC one, two, three, but that, God bless him for that effort. And then we, so I walked, we had them and changed the dynamics again, just with, you know, I, I spent time just talking to them on the road. So with James and Isabel, obviously we talk, we catch up a lot, but they're just catching up with John and James. I'm uh, sorry, with John and Jeff when they arrived yeah. a little bit during the walk and then meet more people. And the last week is so much more busy because mm. a lot of people do, especially so it's really good for your um, resume your curriculum vitae to have walked the Camino. If you're a Spaniard, interesting. So a ton of young people, high school, yes. college to get into college, to get a job, et cetera, are walking and walking in groups. Then you have pilgrims. We had a group of sisters who are bringing a group of uh, girls from yeah. the U S there was a, a group of students from somewhere in the Northeast. I forget uh, which school it was all doing like a, 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 a credit class yeah. walking the Camino for their Spanish. It was like a joint class, Spanish and religion. So there's all these like people who just do the last hundred. Yeah. So all of a sudden it's, it, you know, you have your little group and you have this huge, you know, wow. swell of yes. people and it's, there's no quiet on the road. <laughs> it's hard. And it, you know, even little things like oftentimes you just stop and jump in the woods and use the restroom and keep going. Like yeah. there's so many people, you can't really do that anymore. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's just these little, and like, it was not, it was interesting. Cause you see all the people I've been walking with for five weeks and you're like, how are you doing? And like, yes. some people are like, I hate it. Some people are like, I love it. Some people uh, are like, oh, yeah, I'm surviving, yeah, yeah. you know, just with the, it's just such a shift yeah. from the, interesting. The, the quiet and the peace to just this huge swell mm-hmm. of people. Doing wow. It. That's amazing. That's really, really cool. Shout out to James and Isabel and John and Jeff for giving you a little companionship on the road yeah and then you get to santiago itself yes yes before we get to santiago oh, okay i want to ask just what were some of the um just kind of neat camino sites or churches or maybe the beauty of the road yeah. that that you encountered along the way that was just like oh this is this is so the wasn't ca- expecting this is cool. cathedral in astorga mm. is incredible wow like incredible the cathedral in leon yeah. Incredible. The Pamplona Cathedral, hmm. I saw the outside of. Okay. But I wasn't, I was staying just outside Pamplona. And then I walked through Pamplona, but I always get there. It wasn't open yet. I was yeah. like, come on. Because <laughs> it wasn't late. It was like, you know, eight o'clock or something. Yeah. I'm like, come on. And uh, and so I got to see the outside, which is also very beautiful. Wow. But then I'm about to go to the inside. And so those cathedrals, which, because mm-hmm. I don't expect, I mean, Astorga, like, because you ever heard of this city? Yes. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, this well, is yeah. incredible. And, uh, and then Burgos, I think mm. Burgos was my favorite. Okay. Because I just didn't expect, it's, I've never heard of Burgos yeah. before. And you go in and you see these people who 
when I'll, I'll tell a story from Lyon that's very similar. There was like 1,500 people in the city hmm. of Lyon, and they're like, we're going to build this cathedral. Wow. And it's this huge, magnificent <clears throat> cathedral. And you're like, wow. Yeah. These people just gave their lives over hundreds of years to build this magnificent structure. That's and then so amazing. every little piece of art, like you go to Bur- Burgos and like every side chapel is this gorgeous, beautiful, Baroque mm. piece of art. And you're yeah. like, this is incredible. Like the detail and what they did in this little side chapel that was more beautiful than almost every church I've been to in America. Yeah. Which is, uh, it was, so it was, that was incredible. Yeah. That was a real, a real blessing to see just all of those beautiful churches along the way. Praise God. And then... You arrived at the end of your pilgrimage. Yeah. You, the, the psalmist, the psalmist cries, when will I come to the end of my pilgrimage? You came to the end of your pilgrimage. And what was, what was it like to walk 500 miles in five weeks? Uh, and just kind of the emotional, physical toll of that. And then to complete the journey and then arrive where one of the apostles is buried kind of at the, the tip of the edge of the world, you know, and, and they're in Santiago in Spain. Yeah. Emotional, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a few things. One is we got up really early that morning mm. because we knew the Bunta Femora was going to swing. So in the Cathedral of Santiago, they have this, basically this thurible, this incensor, which hangs from the ceiling yeah. and swings across the whole front of the church. How big is this thing? It's big. Uh, it's like the size of a table. That's a, you know, it's like it, it's, yeah. it is a large, I mean, not that <laughs> same shape, but it's, dude, yeah. you know, it's, it is, so it's a big, you know, yeah. big, you know, thing. I don't know how to say it. I think they're, I, yeah, I, for I, sure. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think of something that it's, it's yeah. not the size of a car or anything, but it's, it's yeah. large. So it is, you, and then it, we knew it was going to, it doesn't swing every mass. So we knew it was going to swing at this mass. We, everybody tells us on Saturday and we're like, man, we're going, we're going to get yeah. there and get a seat. We're going to sit right up front. Mm-hmm. And so we, we got up super early. We're just walking awesome. in the dark. I'm a headlamp on, walking through That's the woods. Awesome. And then finally you kind of crest the hill and you see it. And my brother Jeff was really suffering, like, because he'd only been week one. So he's right. still on that those first week. Yes. Uh John was was in pain, but Jeff was like, so he's walking real slow. We're like, we're gonna get there. And we then you show up and you just walk into the courtyard in front and you're like, wow. I made it. It's here. Wow. Uh we were like trying to get into the church to get into the mass. We like, we, we it didn't really savor the moment. We took some pictures real mm-hmm. quick and we, we got in line. We wanted to drop our bags off. We wanted to do all these things yeah. to kind of get ourselves. I wanted to get to confession, mm. you know, to, for wow. the indulgence. So it was, it was kind of, I, I wouldn't say I savored the moment as much as I would have, I would have maybe liked, but it still was incredible yeah. to be there, to experience, to kind of, yeah, I just have this emotion of, wow. It's kind of like, I can't believe it's over. Yes. Like, that, I felt like I've been walking for a very long time. You're five weeks. Like, <laughs> you had been walking for a very time, long time. But then at the time, like, I feel like it just started. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. And so, yeah. And and just to be there with my family. Yeah. You know, with my brothers. And to be able to walk in there together. And uh, and then I got to put incense in the thurible as it, before it swung. That's so cool. It, that was one of the most emotional parts of the whole community. Hmm. Was being there. And just seeing this, which was put there because pilgrim smell, you know, in the ancient day, like and they would sleep in the cathedral itself. Yeah. So it was there just to like make it like not stink yeah. in there. And and yet it's become this symbol of Santiago, the symbol of of the pilgrimage and, and the pilgrim. And just to see, see the prayers, all these, I put all these intentions, all these prayers, wow. like every day offered for somebody else. Yeah. Like all these masses offered for, in, they were all for intentions. When I was in pain, I was thinking of someone because every day was offered for someone <laughs> or something. Like here it is, this incense is rising up to heaven. Like yeah. all these intentions I've carried with me. 
and I'd let him go. Like, okay, Lord, yeah. you're in your hands. That's so beautiful. That's really, really incredible. Um, no, I mean, we're certainly proud of you for doing it. It was an amazing, just, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual feat. Uh, just really, really awesome. They had the opportunity to do that. And uh, would you, would you ever do it again? Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, so people are already asking me like, Hey, you want to, you want to lead a priestly pilgrimage? I'm like, well, I'd love to, mm-hmm. I'll get three months off in another 10 years. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. talk about it then. But I do want to do the Camino Francesca, mm. which is the, the famous one walk from Assisi to Rome, like Francis. Okay. It's very famous, but it's actually, you can actually walk from England. So this bishop went from Canterbury, I think, or what part of England it was, and actually it took him over across the channel and walked to Rome to go visit the Pope. Okay. And he journaled the whole thing. Yes. And so it's now become a famous walk. Interesting. I don't want to do the whole thing of that because that's, that's like... I'll be my whole three months off mm-hmm. to do that. I forget exactly how long it is, but the, the wow. Italy walk to walk through Italy, um, yeah. and especially to walk SEC to Rome, I'd, I would definitely do that. Oh, but yeah. not on my That's awesome. We had alluded to that you would spend, you know, part of your afternoons, evenings blogging about the day, uh, and so uh, I talked to many people back stateside who were faithfully reading your blog were. Tremendously edified by by the blog, even despite the typos. I mean, just to give credit where credit's due, you were blogging a substantial amount of blog on like a little tiny smartphone screen. So I think we can forgive <laughs> Thank you. The, the little typos. I appreciate it. That that might have, you know, spurs throughout this uh the blog. And pretty but. tired. There was so definitely days I'm all like <laughs> I had to think of my mother. Actually, I know she's listening. So yes. I'm, I'm like, okay, I know my mother would got be worried. To if, I, if I did not post something, she would think I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so this might not be my best word, yes. but I'm exhausted and I'm going to put something out there, you know, and just for the people, because, because it wasn't for me. I wasn't doing yeah. this for me. It wasn't yeah. doing it. Mm. I mean, it was personally wretching. It was edifying. It was renewing. It was refreshing, but it's a pilgrimage. And and you don't take a pilgrimage for yourself. You take it for the church, for the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And and I was, again, I was doing it for others and carrying everybody with me, and especially even the natives we serve. I mean, to yeah. go away as pastor, to go away. I love this. I've talked to everybody like, you're pastor and you, that you believe me? I was like, yeah. no, well, th- thank you. This is a spe- special thank you to Father Peter Teresa uh, and Father Athanasius and then yeah. also Brother Paul and Deacon Elijah for really holding the fort down. But all that to say, um, but it, I wasn't doing. I was. I was doing it for my people. Mm-hmm. Like I was doing it for the people that I serve and carrying them in their intentions. Yeah. Because I know I cannot care for these people um, the way that is needed. I can. I can do my best. But at the end of the day, God is the one who has to do it. And so to go before God and say, Lord, here's the people you've called us to serve as Francisco Holy Spirit, and I present them to you mm-hmm. and watch them all go up. Like with, and that yeah. begins the big thoroughbred that incense going up was just a sign of like, okay, Lord, like it's, this is for you to work and for you to move. And so if you're interested in, you know, learning more about Father's experiences, his reflections on it, I uh, just encourage you to go to our website, becomefire.faith. And there's a little tab up there at the top, Father Anthony's journal. And you can go through and read uh, through that. You know, it's pretty substantial. He blogged every day for five weeks and there, but it's great. And so, you know, hopefully one day maybe you can fix all the typos and get it published and you know, we can, uh, you know, like Father Anthony's journal of the Camino. I think it would be, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great. And so just one last question is, um, how has this experience changed you? Or maybe, maybe another way to say it is how has this experience you know, made you more of yourself or, or is there a big takeaway or a big lesson that, 
that now that you now that you've done this, that will always just be with you? Yeah, it's a really good question. It, so it's hard to parse out exactly the Camino because we'll talk next time about my retreats and some of the other things I did. Mm-hmm. It was the whole sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to, I definitely have an answer off the top of my head, but I'm really trying to parse out what did the Camino yeah. do? And I think if I could set one takeaway from the Camino was um, a lot of life is just getting up and taking the next step. Hmm. Like wow. whether you're in pain whether you're struggling, whether you're joyful, whether you're sorrowful, you know, whether God's doing a lot, whether God feels like he's far away, yeah. uh, whether you're by yourself or with a bunch of people, like you can do the journey. Anybody can do it. Like I met 85 year olds walking mm-hmm. over the Pyrenees. I met a retired couple who was taking just a little bit at a day, a, mm-hmm. d- a little bit at a time, but doing the journey. Yeah. And, and we can all make the pilgrimage to heaven. Like it, the pilgrimage wow. is possible. Nobody, everybody, I tell you what, there's even people on wheelchairs doing the, doing it. Wow. You know, and, and sometimes we can't do it alone. We need yeah. help. Um, but people who, no matter where they are, what's going on, taking the, the next step in that journey uh, and the, through the difficulty of the trials. And we can all make that journey. We can all take the next step that God's called us to and asking for that grace to be able to do that. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's really amazing. That's incredible. Um, I'm going to go make a holy hour now. <laughs> Pray about what you just said to me and to the rest of the people out there. So, well, thank you for, for sharing all that with us. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah, you're welcome so uh, much. I'm going to take over now. Okay. This is, we're out of you're time. the boss. The boss is back. You're the boss. Take it on well, over. First, um, so I learned as well, you're supposed to follow a, pod, a podcast if it's on Apple. So sometimes like oh. and subscribe. I think there's different like formats for what okay. you do. But I went to Apple. So like, I mean, you know what? I'm going to like or subscribe because we've been telling people to do that. Yes. And I go to like, because I listened on pod, the podcast app on the yeah. iPhone. And it's like, what? oh, you follow. So, oh, right so out there follow us. Who, uh, yeah, follow us. If that's whatever the tab is that which you can Come like, follow us. Follow the Friends of Christ Holy Spirit. And I listened along most of most of your podcasts. There's one thing that I, I want to focus in on, and that is the question. At the end. <laughs> you guys had some great questions, but I want to flesh out these questions a little mm. more. I feel like there was a question. You guys like quick respond, three people, and you we're just on, we're in and out. Where I feel like we need a little bit of, of understanding. You want more? You want more? A little bit more substance. Okay. Got to so, give people what they want. I gave Father time on this one, so for the, like the first time ever, he actually knows what the question is coming. So there's no excuse. Oh, boy. there's um, always and, an excuse. <laughs> um, it's something where we, he and I are going to go back and forth answering this question for okay. the next six podcasts. Because it's six podcasts. Next six podcasts. Okay, here we You're go. You're going to answer one and then yeah. I'll answer. Because the question is, if the fryer was burning down mm-hmm. and you could only grab three things from your room as, from you, ran, yep. as you ran out from your cell, as you ran out of the friary, what would those three things be and why? So you're going to give us one of those right now and I'll give you one next week and we'll go back and forth as we talk about the three things in our room that we would run out with if the friary was on fire. Okay. Number one. Number one for me. So I have uh, just a few, just a few uh, religious pictures hanging in my cell. Uh, one of them is a, is a Christmas gift from my community servant uh, a few years ago where uh, all of the friars received uh, a picture of one of Giotto's um, images of St. Francis that lines the basilica. And so I was, I was gifted an image of St. Francis receiving the stigmata. And so I received that right after my ordination. And there's just a lot of a lot of prayer experiences, a lot of things that God has spoken 
and that sort of mystery of of Franciscan life, that mystery of St. Francis, uh, just carries a lot of meaning for me. And so I would probably grab that thing off the wall. Uh, would probably be one of the first things that I grabbed for sure. So oh, that's that really is, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's certainly some personal effects that I will grab as well. Um, but well, we'll hear about that. We'll later. hear about those later. Okay. 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 We'll get into <laughs> everything. But yeah. So the just the image of Francis receiving the stigmata. You know, it hangs in my room. I look at it every day. It just speaks to me every day. And so that would definitely be. Sometimes I take it with me on Hermitage. You know, like if yeah. I'm I'm going on retreat, like I'll take it with me. It's just an it's a very important image that kind of helps. Just uh, just speaks to me on a lot of different levels. So we'll look up the Giotto's uh, yes. stigmata of Saint Francis. It's in the Upper Basilica. I was able to see it. Uh, this yeah, summer you when lucky I was dog. in the Upper Basilica, where I was able to celebrate Mass in the Upper Basilica. We'll talk about that next time, uh, pre preview of coming attractions. Right. And we just ask the Lord's blessing to be upon us. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. May Almighty God bless you as I bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.